Profit Constructors presents Construction Junction, the junction between accounting and construction. Please welcome our host, Tanya Schulte. Hello and welcome back for another edition of the Construction Junction podcast. My name is Tanya Schulte. I am your host. So happy to have you joining us here at the Construction Junction podcast. Um, Most of you who've been listening for quite some time know by now, and I will just say again for anyone who is new and tuning in, I own a business. Besides doing this podcast, I also own, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see right behind me, the Profit Constructors. Let's see if I can point there. How do I point to that sign? Um, And at the Profit Constructors, we have a tagline that says, we help you run with the big dogs. The deal is I work all the time with small business owners and find out a lot of the challenges and a lot of the things that they struggle with. And I got to tell you, Uh, Most of the business owners that I work with struggle with a lot of the same things that I struggle with myself because I own a small business too. And in this environment where it can feel so much like we're all maybe competitive, maybe there's like direct competitors where they're doing the exact same thing I'm doing, or um, we're just as entrepreneurs typically more competitive overall. And we want to see that we're maybe doing business better than that guy down the street is doing business. Um, There's such this drive right? Um, To sort of get ahead. But one of the things that I love is when we as uh, business owners, whether again, whether we're direct competitors or uh, just indirect, like I just want to do things better. I love when we can kind of get together and share things and find out that, you know, a lot of the times we're often the same and a lot of the same things that worked in my accounting business can also work in someone's construction business because we're so much the same. And so that's one of the cool things about advising at that level is that I get to say to some of our construction business owners, oh man, I know exactly where you're coming from uh, and exactly where you are because I've been there or I am there right now. And I'm struggling with that piece of growing a business as well. So as a small business owner who has struggled with the growth of business and struggled to try to figure out like, Um, how do we do this? How do we get everyone on the same page? How do we grow? Um, How do we hire well? How do we fire well? How do we know when to fire folks? Uh, Unfortunately, that's an aspect of business. Um, You know, maybe we have to lay people off. That's, that steams. But how are, how are we doing this whole business thing? And what is our reason for doing this? Um, So as someone who has struggled with that for a long time, I'm constantly on the search And again, if you know me, you know, I I read books all the time and I always wanted to um, know how to do it better, right? And so quite a while back, uh, someone had recommended for me, again, if you're on um, video, you'll get to kind of see the cover of this book, but someone had recommended to me this book, which is called Traction. Um, It's written by, pronounce this, hopefully I pronounce it right, Gino Wickman. Um, And I was intrigued. I really sort of uh, had never heard of anything like this and uh, was trying to kind of dive deep in and understand it. And um, a lot of it is pretty understandable. There's a lot of things that you can read through and understand what they mean. But the more that I dove in and started working through a lot of these um, things with our clients, the more that I realized like, this is really hard. It's hard to do on your own. It's hard to, um, I'm going to say that I think it's hard to take a step back and be that sort of uh, 
person that can take a step back and really look at your own business. It's almost like I'm having to take a step back and see your child the same way that the rest of the world does. And as a parent, I'm sorry, you just can't do that, right? When you're your child's parent, you're never going to see your child the same way that someone who's not their parent is. And it's the same when you're a business owner. You really struggle, I think, most of the time to take a step away from your business and see it through eyes that aren't just so focused on the fact that this is your business that you've created. And in in a way, it's your baby, right? So that's a struggle. And because of that, um, I went in search of help. And what I found is that uh, the, the operating system, the entrepreneurial operating system that this is built on EOS, that there are folks that will help you implement it. And so today we are going to talk to one of those implementers um, and find out more about what is EOS. It's much more than just this one book called Traction. And so we'll dive in and, and uh, talk about that as well. But um, there is this whole piece of um, putting your business together that is all tied up in the system that they have built. And in order to really fully, I think, um, understand how to do it and, and, and put it all into place, it's just going to be that you're going to have to hire someone to help you do it. That, that's the ultimate goal is to find someone that truly knows the system, knows how to walk through it with any business and can help you put all of those pieces together. So let's find out more about that. Let's find out how does uh, EOS work and how does it work when you're actually working with someone to help you put all those pieces together and grow your business and move your business forward. So hang out with us here for just a minute and we'll come back and talk about EOS. If you would like to share your company or product on the Construction Junction, email hello at theprofitconstructors.com to become a sponsor. All right, welcome back. I'm so glad to be being joined in uh, this segment by uh, Jeremy McLeaver. He's with EOS Worldwide. And we're just going to like dive right in and talk about that because uh, I've come to kind of know and understand what EOS is. But Jeremy, what does EOS stand for? EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And what do you guys bring to the table? Like what does EOS bring uh, to folks? Yeah, so EOS in a nutshell is really it's a set of simple proven tools that will help you get what you want from the business. We really create the operating system for executing the business. I love that. I think um, in this modern world, we're very familiar with the term operating system, right? Like, do you work on a Mac or (laughs) you want a Windows system, right? So if we are thinking about that in terms of like, this is an operating system for your business, um, when we talk about the entrepreneurial operating system, how does that um, work in a business? What it, What is this bringing when we're talking about this is the operating system for your business? Yeah, so if you think about just using your analogy there, the Mac or, or any of those, they all have a language and everything that's communicating behind it. And really what we're doing is putting the system and the structure to create the language of all the intangibles that are going on in the business, how we communicate accountability and clarity and vision. And so that's why we share there's really three things that you would get from implementing EOS. If you really want to think about what would you get out of an operating system, we call them vision, traction, and healthy. 
vision is getting the leadership team aligned on where they're going and how they plan to get there. So really creating, you know, going back to the operating system thing, creating that alignment around what does it actually look like? And then traction is creating the accountability and the discipline to execute that vision. And then healthy is creating the functioning cohesive team. Because so we get everybody really to play well together, then we're rocking and rolling. We'll get to where everybody inside the company is aligned. And that's when we, so when we talk about the operating system, it's all of those pieces put into the way we communicate. That makes a lot of sense. And you, you had mentioned uh, a good word at the very beginning of this. There's some tools uh, that are involved in this. And, and they're um, tools that are repl replicable across any industry, right? It's just all about making sure that those tools are being utilized accordingly, appropriately within each industry, because you can just, you can, it's not like this is only going to work in construction. Oh, no, no, I've got clients all over the, I mean, there's, there's over 19,000 companies running on EOS now. Yeah. So the tools have been used in a lot of, in fact, actually an interesting story. I had six companies that were direct competitors of each other, all using me and all using the same tools and all getting different results. Yeah, that's what They were different, right? It's just a tool of how do you want your operating system to work, but this is the foundational communication that we need. Yeah, I think that makes so much sense. And I also think that uh, one of the things that's always drawn me towards EOS and how uh, EOS works is that initial piece. And I think it ties in directly to what you were just saying. The, how we set the vision sets, uh, pretty much sets up everything else, right? So if those six different visionary founders, <laughs> uh, those six different companies had six different visions, we can all be in plumbing, but we have, plumbing can mean a lot of different things. That can mean new construction, that can mean service, that can mean commercial service or residential service. Like those visionary pieces, um, and maybe that commercial service is elevated to where we're only going to be doing commercial service in commercial real estate for CBRE, you know, it's like, so all of those different visionary pieces can can make this all unfold in very different ways. Yeah, it even goes deeper. Like, so they were all home services, tree companies, just to put it right, right there. But some look at business as an efficiency model, right? That it's going to be fast and easy and they're serving the customers through peace of mind and speed. Well, that's very different than the one that looked at it as your yard is your, you know, Zen place, your safe haven. And it was all about manicure and that, that and so total different philosophy of the exact same service. Mm -hmm. That means all of the tools need to fit that philosophy of that visionary. Yeah, which again, that's why I think, like I said, it's something that's completely drawn me to EOS in so many different ways that, you know, I've recommended uh, the EOS system to clients. Uh, we've um, loved the idea of using EOS for our own business, but that's one of the things that I think makes this, makes so much sense about EOS to me is that it places a lot of emphasis upfront on what is the vision and making sure that that vision is the thing that we're executing on. Because I think often as business owners, I'm just going to be honest as a business owner myself and working with business owners all the time, often we just get in and go, okay, well, we're going to do accounting. We're going to do plumbing. We're going, but we don't take any time to talk about what does that even mean? Like, are we going to do accounting for everybody? 
Are we only going to do accounting for construction firms? Uh, when we're doing accounting for construction firms, are we just going to do the bookkeeping or are we going to give some advisory level services, right? Like just saying that we're going to do accounting could mean a lot of different things. And so I think like honing in on what the vision is and what it is that we're trying to accomplish is so important. Yeah. So how do you guys help folks um, dial in on vision? Just the start there. So with vision, there's actually eight questions that need to be answered. And if we have those eight questions answered, the leadership team is aligned on where they're going. So those are core values, core focus, 10-year target, marketing strategy, three-year picture, one-year plan, your rocks, and then your issues list. So we facilitate through all of those, making sure that we hear from everybody on them. You know, you're cluing in a lot um, when you're speaking a lot around the marketing strategy piece of it. Yeah. Sometimes finance department feels like they don't need to be a part of that. Like, no, have we ever seen it when marketing couldn't get the budget for it or marketing was like, what's the ROI? I find that the finance team can really play a valuable piece in marketing strategy. We don't want those kind of clients. We don't make any money. Yes, they're easy to get. And so it allows us to really get the entire organization around one collective message on eight different questions. And every one of them is an in-depth discussion. We could go for the whole podcast on any one of those questions. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I've spent a lot of time on that vision piece because again, I think it's so important. Um, again, because I think so many small business owners, myself included, just dive in and think, oh, I'm going to go own a business and I'm going to do this thing. And we don't, we don't really dial in vision well when we start, right? So, so it's such an important piece, We've, but we spent a lot of time there. So then moving from vision, what's the next thing that you guys kind of dive into once we have that down and we've dialed it in as well as we can? Yeah. And so just kind of going around the wheel, the next one we would talk about would be people. But just know that when we implement, we actually implement different than what we're speaking now, even in the way that the book is. So just, just to call that out that way, someone listening is not like, oh, I start with vision. We actually start with a couple of other tools. With people, though, it's really about getting the right people in the right seats, making sure, you know, that, that term was made famous by Jim Collins, but really boiling it down to what's the right person in the right seat for your team specifically just given those two companies that i just gave a little bit of an example of earlier that i can show they're completely different in the same industry they actually attract a very different type of person right someone that's um going to go slow and take time in the tree and make sure that it's right and the quality is impeccable it sounds like everybody would want that but not when you're high speed and you're charging a lower price and you sold on efficiency, it, 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 just, it doesn't work. And so we'll find that those people will be frustrated, angry, inside of those kinds of organizations when they really just need to go to the other one. And then somebody that's moving fast and is all used to production and they're used to more of that kind of a, and a client is buying that, it works really well. But if a client's not buying that, it's horrible. So really understanding that, the value system of the, that the team operates under and the job requirements under that umbrella of that specific company. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, there's a um, piece of this that I remember reading when I first read the book Traction. And so I'm going to say it wrong, so you're going to have to correct me, Jeremy. 
but there's that whole piece of like the, the, the people within your organization and within the role that you're asking them to do, like, what is it? They get it. They want it. And they have the capacity to do it. Yeah. So there's three criteria to make sure they're in the right seat section. Like you're only talking about that portion of it right now. They get it, want it, and have the capacity to do it. Yeah. And those are very different. I'll, I'll just explain for, you know, so get it. They have the innate knowledge, like it's just born in them. You know, I always think of one of my friends uh, has a son who just is very mechanically minded. And I had one of those, he's probably like three or four years old. And then I had one of those little flip up straw water bottles and I flip it up to drink and I put it down. And it's like, you can see his mind just completely engaged. I got to understand this. Like, this is my world. I eat, drink, sleep this. And so that's a get it. It's just born in them. The wanted, you know, this is the saddest of them all, to be honest with you. Because I see people that get promoted to a, a role that they really don't want. They want the job title and they want the pay, but they don't want whatever that is. Right? They were a great foreman on the, on, in the job site. They could just run a crew like none other, make good money. But they move up to project manager because it was the next level up. And that's a paperwork job now. That's stuck in the office. And they hate it, but they won't give it up. And so they're just miserable. And the more miserable they become, the more misfit they become. And then it just usually roots them right out of the business. And then the capacity, the one that I like to share for capacity is my son scored the highest in Arizona on the AZ Merit math test two years in a row. And... He's probably one of the only kids that was bummed when COVID didn't let him take the test, right? So he gets numbers, right? He loves numbers. He's good at them. He wants to be your CFO. When he was 13, could he have the job? Well, no, he didn't have the capacity yet. So capacity is the only acquired skill one. And, and so I really urge a lot of the times when I see people just training, 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 they're trying to cover get it or want it, and you're never going to out-train those can only train in the capacity one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we've talked about it a lot with clients in terms of, you know, they may come to us and say, well, we have this internal uh, person already and we want them to handle these aspects of the accounting, but we're going to outsource everything else to you. And sometimes after we've worked with that internal person for a while, then we have to go back to them and say, this person just is not in the get it category. Like they don't have that accounting mindset. And so we may be able to give them a couple of little procedures that they can just follow to a T to get some things done. But in terms of asking them to truly understand what's happening on the back end for accounting, they're just not going to get it. Right. And that's not anything that's not a fault of that person. It's a fault of trying to like put a, a square peg into a round hole. Right. Like it's just never going to happen until, unless we are like completely hurting that square peg by just forcing it through the hole. And that's not what you want to do to your people. It's miserable, you know, and on the flip side, the right people. I spoke at the EOS conference a couple of years ago about firing for core values, which feels like the worst thing in the world to fire for, right? You don't fit us, you know, you're, you're, you know, you feel like you're just demeaning to the person. And it's really quite the contrary. They don't fit. And so we're cramming a square peg into a round hole and they're miserable. You're miserable. We all know it. How many times have you seen it where we let somebody go that wasn't performing well, they were frustrated, they were causing problems, and they go somewhere else that's not like us, 
and they blossom and they grow to something. And you're like, wow, was they a bad manager? No, they were just in a bad place. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So let's talk about some of the other, you've talked about a wheel and I don't think we really explained that. Um, what is that wheel that you're talking about? Yeah, so there's six components to the model. There's a vision component, there's a people component, a data component, an issues component, process, and then an attraction component. Gotcha. So those six components really, all of the tools sit in those six components and allows you to really look at the business holistically and say, okay, this is where I'm struggling right now. And these are the tools that I need to use. That makes a lot of sense. So one of the things I want to touch on, um, because you mentioned it earlier and, and you're right, I was kind of framing it as like, okay, we're going to dial this thing in and then we're going to work on that. But really when you come in to implement, that's not at all how an implementation would go. How do you guys kind of understand where to start and how to start in an implementation? Yeah, so we actually start with the accountability side of it. So we're going to do a lot around making sure that we get the clarity around how we're going to execute, creating a lot of the foundation and ground rules for that. Get the team immediately to pick up their success. What I found in that is it actually increases our ability to create a clear and concise vision. Because remember, no single person is going to create the vision. It's the team. But I mean, I had a I had a team we were implementing for, they were about a six and a half million dollar construction company, um, a subcontractor. And the estimating sales person when building out the vision was like, yeah, next year we should do 20 million. And everybody else was like, oh, I was thinking like seven, seven and a half, maybe eight, right? They're all kind of bouncing there. And the debate was going on and we were facilitating. Finally, the visionary looks over at the, you know, estimating manager and goes, how on earth are you going to get us $20 million? And the guy looks at me. And that was the first moment you realized, oh, I'm accountable for this. Not just tell the boss what the boss wants to hear. And that really started bringing them back down to like, oh, yeah, why don't we just do like $7 million? <laughs> And so we start with accountability and drive in the business forward. Truth be told, every business is operating with some form of vision. Usually if I have three leaders in the room, I say there's four visions. One of you are cross-eyed, right? Got two different directions. You'd be happy to go. So we just need to get them, them moving forward. And then we'll begin to clarify the vision once we have clear accountability of who will be doing what. That really solidifies the whole message and allows us to really drive it forward. That makes a lot of sense. I think... Um in our world, because our team is still very small, right? And so a lot of what we talk about all the time is like, in, in a lot of what I've done up until this point, it has been completely my vision. And so do you find that that's hard, Jeremy, when you're coming in and you have a visionary who maybe started it and he was the guy in his truck and then he was super excited when he could hire the next guy. Is it hard sometimes for him to let go of some of that and help his uh, C-level team kind of help create the vision? Yeah, so it can be, you know, and it was for me, I'll just be honest with you, it was at one point, um, I was growing a structural steel company. And, you know, I wasn't one of those leaders that wanted to get everybody pumped up on something, and then crash and burn them. And I had a pretty big vision, I thought. And one of the tools, you know, one of the eight questions is the three year picture. But I remember we were as a team discussing and debating where to go with this three-year picture. 
And they wanted some crazy stuff, right? And I thought, you guys are absolutely out of your mind. We can't do that. And, you know, I want a good vision, but I want it to be realistic too. Like, I really actually want to do what we're talking about. But lo and behold, the team made the wrong answer. I can tell it because it's my story, right? <laughs> they didn't make my decision. So it's the wrong answer. Is that fair? <laughs> sure. Let's go with it. It's the wrong one. It's the wrong answer, right? So they decide we're going to do it. But I, because EOS says this, I have to back it. And I go out there and I'm like, team, we're going to do this. I sure hope. <laughs> you can't know that I hope part, right? You can't know that I'm scared out of my mind. Well, Tanya, you wouldn't believe this, but one of those things that I thought was absolutely impossible in three years was done in six months. Because when we shared a clear vision of where we really wanted to go, people began to enable that. They began to buy into it. And one of the guys in the shop came up to me one Saturday. He's like, hey, Jeremy, do you know my boss? My Not my boss. I was boss. Came up and said, do you know my cousin? I don't remember the exact relationship, but some family relationship can make something happen. So that was the day that I learned, don't be the bottleneck of my dreams. And usually when I talk to a, uh, you know, a contractor that's getting his business, he's got his good dream or, or she has this vision of where it's going. I ask, but what are we missing in this? And you, I've never met a true entrepreneur that doesn't feel like there's something missing in their vision. And they feel way more complete when they get the entire team a part of it. And I was going to also say, not only that, what you just shared about, they feel way more complete, but also how freeing is it as the owner of that business when at that point, the full weight of everything that you're trying to do to drive the business forward isn't now fully on your shoulders. There's some freedom in that to be able to say, no, I'm holding this person accountable for this piece of that. Well, and it's funny you say hold people accountable. Sorry, I'm being technical with the words. Do it. I have this what it's all about. But any one of us leaders that have ever led people have learned you can't actually hold anybody accountable, right? That's what prison's for. Um, when they actually couldn't hold them accountable, they actually went and grabbed them and stuffed them somewhere to hold them. People have to choose to be accountable. And the only reason they choose is there's a vision and a reason to be a part of it. Like when I'm talking about the true accountability that every entrepreneur dreams about, it comes from we're doing this. Have you ever, you, have, what's your favorite game you've ever played? I know I'm supposed to be getting questioned, but I'm going to ask you a question. What's your uh, favorite? Um, I like to play a board game called Sequence. Sequence. Is it a team, team one or is it just... So, it can be either it can be either way it can be solo or team have you played it as a team yes have you ever lost playing as a team yes was it a good team that you lost with or was it a bad team go either way go either way right and you know the reason i go to the the, the loss side of it is in that i'm sure you have a story we all have this where we were playing a game that we love with people we loved we knew we were all a good team. If we were down on score, the accountability and the commitment to making this thing move or win, whatever we needed to do was super high. And like you lose that parting shot or you lose that final move and like, wow, which I thought was so much fun. Like, but you lost. 
right? We all know that feeling. And you go home, you go to bed, and you're still thinking about what? That move and the way the team played. And the that's the accountability level that we all dream of. That only comes from having a clear vision that was not created by one person. Uh, I love that uh, way that you just phrased that. Um, it just makes me think of all the, of course, as like I said, as a business owner, there's all these things that go through my head about, oh, I love this. I, this is like, it's the stuff that gets me excited, right? I love that. Um, what is your favorite thing about implementing EOS with your clients? My favorite time, and you said thing, I'm going to ask time, is that annual planning. Um, my favorite thing is not following the rules. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite time is around at annual planning when we take a, you know, we do a two-day deep dive into the business, completely uh, rip it apart, look at it from new angles. But it's in that that we also can see all the progress. And some of the the biggest wins that I've, you know, are the ones where we really got aligned. Like I see teams that whether, you know, sometimes they're growing 30% year over year over year. And it feels like, oh, man, that's an amazing track record. I took companies four times. I've doubled them, right? I mean, that's a track record you would love. But a couple of those times, you did not want to be a part of that team. It was a train wreck of all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes. And it was miserable. We were hating life. On the outside, the rest of the world was like, wow, this is amazing. And so probably one of my most favorite moments was a we got to annual planning. And this team had been stuck for three years in growth. So they had not grown in three years. A year into the journey, they had grown 30%. They had doubled net profit from five points, uh, like 5.7 to 11.8% or something like that. So, I mean, they had really moved net profit up. They'd also lowered their turnover in half. They cut their turnover in half. And like, I knew all of these stats going into the annual plan. I went, man, this is rock solid, right? But I remember asking for the highlights of the year. And like, as soon as I asked the question, the HR director literally just broke down crying like that. And I looked over at her and she goes, Jeremy, those are all just things that happened. But now we fight shoulder to shoulder. We could conquer the world now. And that part of it just, I love being a part of the teams that when they, they are completely united on their values, their vision, they know where they're going. And they, they, they play, you can see them play at a whole new level where uh, they're passing the rocks around. They're playing and just, uh, and to me, that's just, it's so much fun. Because yeah. from there, we continue up the journey and they just keep climbing. I think that's um, so cool. I'm just going to kind of like end with this. And then I, I definitely want to um, bring in and talk about someone that you work with too and, and find out more about how you guys work together. But one of the things that I just thought of is you were talking about that. And one of the things that we tell our clients all the time, because our tagline is we help you run with the big dogs. And for us, that often means growth, but it's not always financial growth, right? Because I think sometimes we focus too much on the financial side of things. But one of the things that I have, I had for years before I really got into helping business owners grow their businesses, I'd heard people say, you know, why is the company in business? Well, to make a profit, right? And I, I just 
hate that so much. <laughs> I'm a strong word, hate. But I think we have to make a profit to stay in business, but that should never be our, our why, right? And so I think a huge part of what you're helping people discover is their true why. They're going to have to make a profit. That's the only way they can keep doing it. But it's really important to understand why are we all doing this? Yeah. I use a line that, you know, we need blood to live, right? Mm -hmm. But the meaning of life is not blood. Right. We need money for the business to live, but the meaning of the business is not money. There's something that's bigger. And when we, when we chase that, we make more money. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Great point. All right. Let's take a quick break and then uh, let's bring uh, in your client that you work with and we'll chat more about that. We'll be right back. Are you a construction accountant or industry advisor who is enjoying the Construction Junction podcast but wish you could dive deeper into the topics with industry peers and even learn more about how to serve your clients well? Then you will enjoy the Construction Junction Roundtable. Art host Tanya Schulte leads the Construction Junction Roundtable where we bring together construction company advisors to learn how to grow their business. We'll help each other find effective marketing strategies and bring high quality accounting services and other high level advisory services to the construction space. Head over to roundtablelab.com to sign up. All right, welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us for this third and final segment of our podcast today. We're joined now by Steve Hanrahan, who is with Reseco. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for having us, Tanya. Yeah, I'd love to have you here. And so you are a client of Jeremy, right? You work with him in this uh, EOS system. How long have you guys been working together? Uh, a little over two years. A little over two years. That's Awesome. And so in that time, you've had time to do one of those annual reviews, I'm assuming, that he just mentioned in our last segment that he loves so much. Um, Steve, what, I'm going to start here. What was the most impactful thing that you think you've encountered so far of stepping out and working with an EOS implementer? Uh, it's really simple for us. Um, you know, me and my two business partners are, we've all been in different business groups and we'd all go to these seminars and get great ideas on, you know, here's the one page business plan. Here's this idea. So we kind of had this melting pot of great ideas that just created so much chaos and confusion and just, we were just disjointed. So we didn't really have like this clear path to, you know, we had the vision, but we didn't have the vision that we could really demonstrate to our entire team. And when we started working with Jeremy at EOS, we got really clear on what we wanted as a business. Um, and it just kind of built from there. And it was really a, a great way for us to, to build on something and really communicate it to the people on our team that are the, the main stakeholders in, in the process. I love that. I want to say like when we were talking in our last segment, one of the things that I kept bringing up and again, because I just think it's an important power piece is that vision piece, right? Because like you said, I think sometimes we assume that we have a vision and we assume that we're communicating it well with the rest of the world and that we're communicating it well with our team. Yeah. But that's not always true. <laughs> So tell us about that because you're bringing that up as the most impactful thing. How did it, how did it go from sharing what you thought was a really good vision before? How did it change? What was that process like for you guys to make it something that you could actually share and make it a, a sharing that was more easy to do? 
Well, I think I think what it allowed allowed us to do was we really got clear on what we wanted as as a business. Like, what were the things that were important to us? You know, and it started with the, the high level basic stuff of, you know, are we really living our core values? I mean, because if we're not, we're not hiring to them, and we're not, you know, rewarding people based on the core values, then you know, we don't really have a, a strategy here. So I think just from a holistic perspective of looking at our business and figuring out, you know, what is it that we want to be when we grow up? And, you know, creating that vision was was the first piece. And then once we got really clear as a leadership team, we kind of pushed that down through the different levels of our, our business. And, you know, when everyone's speaking the same language and everyone's, you know, working towards the same goal, it just makes it so much easier. Um, and I, and I think the one thing I really love about EOS is it's a really simple way to, you know, build a, a plan, create a strategy, create rocks, goals, and then, you know, you kind of back work back from there as far as, you know, what are the weekly to-dos and, and the issues that you need to solve. And when everyone's working kind of with that same format, it, it just, it creates a lot less friction in the business and creates a lot more efficiency. Yeah. You guys have used a term several times that I've just, I've just sort of like let fly by me because I've read traction and I know what you guys are talking about, but what is a rock? If someone's listening to this podcast several times, Jeremy said the word, you just said it again, Steve. Uh, so if someone's listening to the podcast, like, why is everyone talking about rocks? I thought we were talking about business that these guys, and it's all about landscaping and removing rocks. What's what is a rock? Jeremy, take that one. <laughs> I can answer Steve, but you can answer too. Yeah, I'll let you answer it because you're the pro. I, I, I could definitely answer it because we all have rocks. Yeah, so a rock is essentially a 90-day goal. It was made famous, that term was made famous by Stephen Covey and his uh, analogy of uh, rocks, pebbles, sand, and water. And so I'd encourage you to go look up that video. I don't spend a lot of time with it here. But the other thing I'll say, Tanya, that's a lot of fun is we celebrate the rocks. Um, that was one of the things that I love doing. We have a rock star party, so you can look that up. Um, so we really go all out on these rocks. We even give them little, you know, you can, if you get all your rocks done in a quarter, you get a rock star. Um, so have a lot of fun with rocks, right, Steve? We have a lot of fun with rocks. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I just I wanted to clarify because again, I think if anybody's listening to the podcast, like why do these guys keep talking about rocks? I thought I don't know what we were talking about. Here. Um, so Steve, when you were first working with Jeremy, I want to let's go back before you start working with Jeremy. I want to ask you a, a couple of questions because I think it can be important for people to kind of understand. Um, how did you guys hear about EOS to start with? So we actually had a lot of our clients that were working with EOS and you know, we had heard through, you know, just different groups that we're involved with about EOS and, you know, you kind of hear about it like four or five times and you're like, okay, maybe we need to start to pay attention to, you know, what people are saying. And then I think, I think it was actually a common client of ours and Jeremy's that actually put us in touch. And it was like the missing link that we were missing in our business. Um, and, you know, you, you hear about EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System, the best analogy I can give you that really resonates with us and our business prior to EOS was, you know, we have like all these different operating systems and you can't, a, a computer, a car, anything that, you know, runs on electronics, you can't have multiple, you know, operating systems really do well to create a great end result and a great plan. Oh, you just brought up something that it, like totally went back to my original analogy that made me go 
yeah I have always I've long not always but I've long worked off of Macs and for a while because we had so many clients that were still coming to us with QuickBooks desktop I tried to like partition my Mac do you guys ever do this where you partition I, I did that too didn't work out too it well it doesn't work right <laughs> yeah. so I love that like it just fits right into the analogy like you can you can partition the Mac and you can try to run Windows things on there but it's just never going to work right right and so you have to have right. one operating system it just that's the way that things work I love it. So, but so you found you had heard of EOS, you could have found Jeremy, but I have to imagine that you guys had some some reasons to question whether or not that was the right way to go, right? Like we always are going to question, like, is this the right step to take? So, what were some of the obstacles, first of all, that made you kind of wonder if you should go down the road of, of doing this EOS thing? You know, I think initially we the people were was a huge component for us because you know if, if not everyone has bought into the vision and, and executing on on what we all agree to as a leadership team it's just it makes it really tough and in the beginning we definitely had some of that where we had to work through some of those challenges and and we did but you know it, it slows you down and it takes time but it was really important to work through those issues because we, if we would have just kept the foot on the gas and, and kind of try to blow through it and take these people along that weren't totally bought into the vision, it, it was doomed to fail, right? So um, that was probably early on the, the biggest challenge that we had. And Jeremy, you can, you can chime in at any time. I mean, it, you were there with us in the trenches. And, and I think the thing that really helped us get through that was, you know, Jeremy's role is, is really kind of a non-emotional Hey, this is just we're, we're working towards a goal here and he's he's got a tremendous amount of experience working with companies that have all these same issues right i mean it's just the only difference between his other clients and, and us was our name and maybe we all look a little different but it's it's really the same issues and it really boils down to the people i think you know when you've got good team health and everyone's marching towards the same vision and you know, we're, we're executing the plan, it makes it really, really easy to, uh, to gain traction. Very good way to put that word right back in the, into the uh, equation here. I love that. Um, had you guys before, even before you guys went down this road, had you guys like read any of the books or did you go straight into uh, implementing? We did. Um, thanks to Jeremy, we all read, um, I think I, my first book, even before meeting Jeremy, was what the heck is EOS? Because I'm like, I keep hearing this EOS. And so I kind of knew a little bit, you know, when we met Jeremy. But, you know, early on, some of our, our quarterly rocks would be, you know, we need to read this book. Um, Traction, obviously, one of those books. And there's a lot of other books that we read in between um, that Jeremy's recommended that really kind of drives home, you know, different stories of different businesses that, you know, they do it this way and this company does it this way. And it really comes down to, you know, culture, people, vision, clarity, all those things. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, when you are first working with a client, it, it sounds like from uh, what Steve is saying, part of what you're encouraging them to do is like read some of these books, understand some of the concepts more thoroughly. How do the books factor into your working with clients? Yeah. So, you know, EOS is a journey. And so we are using books uh, as part of the journey to guide the, the learning so that we don't spend a lot of time in a session with a client teaching them a new concept. 
So we'll have them read. And then when we come back together, we just talk about, okay, how do we actually execute that? Which I find is a lot of times the hardest part of the book, right? You read like, that's really good. But what do I do with it in my business, right? And what Steve said, one thing there that I can tell he's been on the journey for a while because I don't hear this early on. And that is we're all the same. Maybe our name and a few smiling faces are different, but we're all the same. Usually everybody feels like they're completely different. So they read the book and they're like, well, but that was for that electrical company. We're a plumbing company. Like, well, it's actually the same thing. <laughs> it's so, uh, yeah, we use those books in a space learning way to teach and facilitate them to help them get their answers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Steve, I would like for you to kind of speak. I already kind of asked Jeremy, like, okay, you know, you come in and, and we have the wheel and things going, but how did you feel on the opposite side of that when you're working with the EOS implementer? Like, did you feel it was uh, very structured and you knew exactly what was expected? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'll speak from my own personal experience. Um, you know, at first I was like, gosh, this is pretty intimidating, but you know, it's like anything else, you know, you go to the gym and you work out four or five days a week and all of a sudden your muscles don't start, they, they don't hurt as bad. You know, you're, you're starting to see progress. And that's how I kind of felt EOS was for us. It was in, in the beginning, it was like, God, this is going to be a lot to really take this on. But what I found was it, it made things so much easier because we developed a cadence in our business to where we eliminated a lot of noise. I mean, having one meeting a week and having a, a list of issues that you can put and park somewhere and deal with it once a month, once a week, just eliminated a lot of impromptu meetings and noise in our business. So um, the benefits really quickly outweighed any of the issues or concerns that we had early on, other than just, you know, the, the things that we had to overcome as a, as a team. I just uh, earlier this week read a little Facebook meme that like resonated and it just made me think of it again when you were talking just now, Steve, that just said, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Yes. And I think that is um, what you're describing, right? Like there, there are things that are worth doing that will be uh, impactful and they'll make really good change, but it has to be challenging um, in order for that change to occur. We can't just uh, what is the other saying? What got you here won't get you there, right? Okay. So you have to make changes sometimes, and, and those changes are hard. Um, I asked Jeremy a question. I'm going to ask you a similar question. What was you, what is so far has been your favorite thing of implementing? I asked what's impactful, but really what's your favorite? Like what's, what's the thing that gives you the warm tinglies when you think about what you've done in the EOS system? I will say, and I'm going to be a little selfish in this because it was a huge breakthrough for me personally. Um, you know, our business historically, we've never been able to generate leads through any type of marketing efforts. Um, we've always been outbound sales and gosh, just two, three weeks ago. Um, and, and granted, we've been in the last year, 2022, we really worked hard to kind of build our infrastructure to develop marketing campaigns and, and different strategic ideas that we could get people to engage with us. And we had, I think, uh, 90, 90 leads off of uh, some of the marketing campaigns. So that was that was a huge breakthrough for us. But I, I can tell you, had we not been using and following EOS, because um, one of our scorecard <laughs> items was number of leads. And Jeremy can tell you, I had 
months, I mean, weeks, months, quarters, where there was just nothing there. And it, it was, <laughs> it's like this big, ugly eye that's staring at you in the face. And you just kind of figure out a way to, to solve that problem. I love that. Um, Jeremy, I want to ask you, based on what Steve was just saying, um, because you earlier you were saying there are some things that they're just universal, right? Like if, if it worked for the electrical company, it's going to work for the plumbing company. But in what ways does that break down? Like in, in as thinking through what Steve just said, like there are just some times where depending on the culture and the people, things are going to be different, right? So like thinking in terms of, of that this is an operating system and we're all speaking the same language, like in what ways are you as the implementer helping to kind of guide through like, well, it is different in these areas because we have a different culture and we have different people over here. Yeah, so it, it's interesting because what we talk about being the same is what we're also talking about being different, right? I gave the six clients that are all running the same kind of business, but they all get different results. Yeah. Uh, if they were all using the same cookie cutter, they would all got the exact same result, but that they were using the same tools and the same operating system to get a different result. And so what Steve shared there, I mean, there's story after story after story of clients had big things that they really wanted to get solved that had been nagging at them for years. And they know it's going to work, but they don't know exactly how it's going to work. And the process, the operating system is the structure, the accountability, the discipline to get over that, whatever that is. And so for Steve, he talked about marketing, but someone else that might have been um, safety protocols or project management ratios or you name whatever that is, it's the same insurmountable issue and then we have an operating system to achieve it. So that's where the same is. It's not, you know, because obviously electrical and plumbing, I mean, they're different parts. They're different aisles at Home Depot, you know. Um, we're going to be very technical. But overcoming the obstacles, what Steve was really talking about, and there's an operating system to do that. I love that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm an analogy person. I, I have word pictures in my head all the time. So I'm just going to say, like, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking we can go down to Home Depot and buy a ladder. And I might use that ladder to climb over my neighbor's wall because I need to help them with something in their backyard. Or I could use that ladder to help me get into our above ground swimming pool. There's multiple different ways that I can use the same tool to accomplish vastly different goals. Correct. But if you're going to go higher, you're, you're going to need a ladder. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Sorry. That was just a total side thing because I was thinking about what Steve said. And I think that sometimes we can get caught up in um, you know, with something that you said earlier, well, these are, these are tools and they're the same, like the tools are the same and that's exactly true, but the tools help solve vastly different problems in a lot of different cases. I just kind of wanted to point that out. Steve, yeah, another thing I'll just point out is, as Steve was talking about it, he, he talked about scorecards, meeting pulses, to-dos, rocks, vision. He was actually using a lot of different tools in that conversation, IDS, and so there was a whole bunch of tools going on. They were all at play, but they were all working in a communicating way to get him what he actually wanted. Yeah, so absolutely. The whole operating system was working there. It wasn't just one tool there. 
That makes a lot of sense. I love that. And also something that you brought up very early on in our conversation, Jeremy, is something that Steve referred to as well, which is an operating system runs on some sort of language. Mm -hmm. And part of what uh, you guys are bringing to the table for your client businesses is that everybody in the organization is speaking that same language. Absolutely. I think that's so important to really point out because I've seen time and time and time again, um, some simple things, right? Like I can say to my clients, the word reconciliation, and unless I define that word, they can have a vastly different definition in their head of what I mean when I say I'm going to come in and reconcile your accounts. That could mean for them, they may, they may think that that means that I'm going to um, move things around within their books when all I meant is I was just going to double check and make sure that all the dollar amounts were the same as what the bank said. You know, So the, defining terms, I think, is so important. How does that happen when you're working with a client, Jeremy, that you're helping them define terms and, and really making sure that everybody on the team knows what that what those words in that language mean? Yeah, so it comes up throughout the day. I'm, I'm listening and we talk about the journey. And on day one, we address that, you know, lead versus, um, you know, opportunity simple ones, right? Is it a sale or is it revenue? How many times have you seen those ones cross over? And so the estimate or bid, all of those little things, they seem so small, but they are different meanings and people are beginning to process those and it breaks down the language throughout the company. So just teaching them that and then I'm always listening to it. Wait, is it a client or a customer? You said this client, we need customer satisfaction with, like, help me with this. So how do we put these two together? Right. Like that one's really common. And they begin to see that the words that they're using really do matter. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Steve, one final thing I want to ask of you, if someone, uh, obviously, because you were referred to EOS, if someone asked you, what's the one reason that they in their business should think about um, learning more about EOS or talking with an EOS implementer, what, what would you tell them? You can keep doing it the hard way and keep getting what you've been getting, or you can take a 30 minute phone call with somebody to learn how it can fundamentally change your business and, and create a space for you and your team to have a lot of fun doing it. Oh, I love that. You brought that fun in at the end. That's fantastic. I'm glad that it's, it's okay fun. to have fun. Yeah. It, it better be. We have some good fun in session. Don't make it all sound hard. <laughs> no, it's, I think that's the part for us that's been really rewarding is, you know, once, once you kind of get the right people in the right seats and everyone's marching towards the same goal, it, it does become fun because when the team health goes up, everyone's on, on the boat, rowing in the same direction, which makes it really fun. Yeah. Similar to what Jeremy was describing earlier, you know, with the HR person breaking down in tears, like there's the fun aspect. There's also that like beyond fun, there's that true camaraderie, right? Like shoulder to shoulder, that description that Jeremy gave of what she was saying, that like kind of gave me chills, right? Like that's like, we're in this together. And what business doesn't want their team to feel like that they're you know that they're not just a cog in the wheel and we're all just doing this because we got to make a profit that's not what we're after at all when we when we start these businesses so that's so cool thank you guys so much for sharing really appreciate your time today thanks Tanya for having us 
Yeah, thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to Construction Junction. To find out more about the junction between accounting and construction, please email hello at theprofitconstructors.com.